Hey there, welcome to episode 251 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Timitra, and I'm back in Toronto, Ontario. Last week, I attended WWDC for the week and uh, was trying to get uh, booking into the podcast studio that Apple has put aside for us, apparently, to record podcasts, and we weren't sure if we were going to make it in there. Um, so in the meantime, I had brought a microphone with me, and I decided to, uh, if I met some people, I would interview them and ask them what they thought about uh the, what they'd seen at the, at the um, conference. So this is in chronological order. Started with Tom Harrington on Monday, uh, just, after, just after the keynote, between the keynote and the platform State of the Union. Then moved on to Jeff Rames, uh, ran into Ish and Kylo Loco, um, Mark Straczynski as well. Uh, later on, Adam Armstrong, friend of the show, Adam Armstrong. And uh, then we had Drew Freeman from the Ray Wonderlake podcast. He and I had a chat about uh, things. Uh, met up with Ray Fix from Ray Wonderlake as well. The people from Embrace IO were giving out free breakfast burritos. So I took the opportunity to talk to Megan Winter about uh, their service and about uh, what they do for people. Uh, bumped into Anthony Lawrence, who wrote Nebo, and he came over and introduced himself to me. A number of people did actually come up to me and talk to me during the conference. Ricky De La Viaga also came up, and uh, he ended up, uh, and if you listen to episode 250, you know that he ended up being a co-host on the, that day. I ran into Kendall Grendler at uh, a coffee shop on the way to the Ritz, where I was playing with uh, James Dempsey to Breakpoints and had a chat, chat with him before before a sound check. And then uh, after the show uh, at the Ritz, I spoke to Joe Chaplinsky, and that wraps up this episode. So um, kind of a weird format for our show, but I hope you enjoy it. This is uh, really interesting to see how people's ideas and thoughts uh, converge. Some people had different ideas, and uh, yeah, let's just uh, let's give it a listen. All right. All right, hey, I'm here with uh, Tom Harrington. What did you think of the uh, keynote today? I thought there were a lot of interesting things that I'm looking forward to finding out about this week. Um, I think the the biggest surprise for me, though, because I, um, I've got a long history with Core Data. I wrote a book on oh, that. Oh, right, yeah. And although not mentioned in the keynote, I saw some documentation for a new integration of Core Data with CloudKit. Right. And so I'm very excited to hear about that because uh, we tried doing that with iCloud a few years ago. It didn't work very well. Cool. Uh, this, I think... Well, I'm hopeful it'll be better, but we'll find out. So what do you think about things like like SwiftUI and... That's... It looks very interesting. We've had, you know, maybe a two-minute demo for the public, so yeah. it's hard to say what it's going to be yet, but I'm very interested to find out more about it. Right. And what about the, the rumored marzipan, which is now called product, Project Catalyst? Um, it's... Yeah, well, I, I was hoping to find out the truth about that this week, and we've heard a little bit about it. Um, my app is only for iPhone, so I can't use it immediately, but we've been talking about an iPad app, so I'm hoping... Right. If we can get our oh, yeah. app working, we can then get a Mac app as well out of it. So right. cool. I'm very interested to find out about that as well. All right. Well, thanks. We're just uh, sitting waiting for the uh, platform State of the Union. Right. The, the to real that. keynote. The real keynote. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. So, hey, I'm here with Jeff Rames from uh, the Ray Wunderlich team. So what do you think about today's uh, keynote and platform state or the union? Uh, so, yeah, I thought there was quite a lot of cool stuff. Uh, 
just platform across all the platforms. Pretty much uh, Swift UI was kind of the coolest thing, I think. Um, pretty excited to start playing around with that. It looked really slick. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you think it's the big thing for this? this I, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think that was pretty exciting. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was that I was especially... Uh, obviously, the standalone watch app's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's Seeing some possibility there. Um, it just seemed like a ton of, like, little, you know, moderate size, pretty cool things. Um, what do you think compared to, like, last year where there was more substance here this year? Yeah, definitely more substance this year. I think last year, obviously, it was, like, kind of the iterative, uh, hey, let's polish some things up, work on stability. This year, there was, uh, you know, a good spattering of new features and, and substance. So a lot of cool stuff, I think, all around. Yeah, cool. All right. So what do you, what's your what's the biggest takeaway from it so far the first day? Uh, I mean, definitely for me the uh, you know I'm anxious to play around with Swift UI and then of course uh, I don't know what do they call Mars Japan now? Uh, project <laughs> uh, Catalyst. Yeah, Project Catalyst is uh, it wasn't something I was really out of the top of my mind, but I mean I not I haven't done any like Mac OS development right and. Uh, not something I was like super excited about, but actually just seeing how easy it looks, uh, I'm definitely interested to start playing around with that. So, so you're gonna download the betas and try them out? Oh yeah, I got them right now, or grabbing them right now, and uh, getting ready to play around. So is there an, is there an Xcode beta already yet? Like uh, oh, yeah. 12, whatever? Yep, yep, got it already downloaded. No, all right, all right, thanks. Yep, Talk sure, to good talking to you. Yeah. So I'm here with Ish and Kilo Loco. So what did you think of what we saw today at WWDC? My mind was blown a little bit by it. It's a, it's a, it's a lot to take in, but it's all good stuff. I'm really excited about Swift UI right. and uh, some of the other things. But basically, it's Swift UI. Like, that's the start of the show. So. Um, all the other stuff, like uh, the Marzipan project, whatever it is. Honestly, that one comes down lower for me, but it's important. I'm really excited about having Pencil Kit. I'm excited about um, kind of the voice control things with accessibility. Right. I think that stuff's huge. Um, I like signing in with Apple. I think that's pretty important, privacy-wise. Right. And then, yeah, I guess Marzipan, which the official name is what? Catalyst? Is, is, Catalyst, is what yeah. we're calling it no, now? It, we don't even know if it's still if it's like a legit okay. day one thing. Yeah. I have trouble believing that Catalyst as a name will be picked up. I think it's kind of like iTouch. Once we've called it Marzipan for two years, it might continue to be that way, but oh, oh, right. it's it's, it is an exciting uh, So I was explaining to Mark that my theory about why they had to have iPad OS is because they wanted to make it easy to transition iPad apps over to over to uh, this Project Catalyst. What do you think about that? I think also the, the integration hasn't really made sense for a while. The the iPad is getting closer, particularly with the iPad Pro, closer to what a Mac is than what an iPhone is. And it just there's certain things that just don't translate quite as well. Right. right? So, yeah, I think it makes sense to kind of separate out and have it be its own thing in a way. Cool. Although, what, ideally, I think Apple OS would make the most sense. Have it just an Apple, just Apple OS. Call it Apple OS, and then the implementations visually are different depending on the platform. I think so that's what do you, what do you think about the this best. Whole segregation because now they've got you know iPhone OS, Watch OS, 
uh, Apple TVOS, right? Yeah, and I think they're different experiences. Like the experience on a watch versus an iPad is going to be different. The experience yeah. on a 12.9 inch iPad should be different than the experience on an iPod Touch. Right. It fundamentally should be. So that part makes sense. But overall, I think the OS just being like a uniform OS would be fine. And then the the way you um, interact can be different, and the way it displays things can be different. But the, I think the OS fundamentally should be the same. So. So Mark was, Mark's big wish for, for WWDC this year was more size classes, specifically for all the different devices. Okay. So what do you think about that? That was my wish last year. All right. And it never happened. Well, it's I think in implementing it for the Mac, um, kind of as you drag a window, hmm. multiple size classes right there. There you go. Yeah. So, Kilo Loco, what did you think about what you saw today? I mean, it obviously blew my mind. I don't think that the community was just expecting this event to be as big as it was in in my personal opinion like swift ui i think it blew everybody away um i heard a lot of people talking about marzipan which is now catalyst and now it's like what's what's marzipan what's catalyst i want to know everything i can about swift ui that's 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 where all the focus kind of went so that was that was obviously huge i can't wait to get into um declarative programming on swift and then also um what what really caught my eye uh was accessibility and that's something that i really want to look into because the whole the whole controlling your device by numbers by by voice yeah by voice and, and being able to access different parts of the screen by numbers that's huge. That's yeah. that's so huge. And 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 being able to to easily see how accessible is your app at this moment. Just go go try it out. Right, right. That's huge. That's a huge call to action. And I and I definitely heard that call to action today. So do you think they went far enough with the iPad OS? Like, because it seems to be just adding multiple windows and a few other things, right? You know, I currently like iPad uh, OS. Or I like I liked iOS on iPad as it was, and I didn't really have a problem with it because I'm not a power user. So I do the way that the way that the split views worked before was fine with me. Um, but the ability to have like Windows and be able to have the smaller like keyboard and just have like multiple things brought up is also a very a very huge thing. And it, it's also going to be I think that iPad is going to become a, a bigger player. Just because of Catalyst and being able to, you know, make apps for all screen sizes, like like the fact that they're going to be enforcing that you have to have an app conform to all screen sizes, I think um, iPad's really going to, you know, blow up and just having those separated iPad um, APIs is it makes sense why they're segregating it. It, it makes sense to, to kind of have it all combined, but I can see where they're going where everything's separated to. So what do you think about watchOS with standalone apps in the standalone app store? Watch, well, so my son broke my broke my my Generation Zero <laughs> Apple oh, Watch, watch yeah. and now I'm like, man, do I have to go get a, a watch, um, uh, Apple Watch right now? Because I really want to jump into into it because it's, it's an untouched market right now. Right. You know, you can just start literally just making apps that are specifically for the watch and you don't really have to worry about okay what's the experience on the iphone anymore because some things just don't make sense to have on the iphone you know but they they make a whole lot of sense to be on a standalone watch app and the fact that they gave the gave us that is amazing still wish they would have gave us custom watch faces but 
well, you know? That's, that's, they have complications, right? It's complicated. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's complicated. So, what, Ish, what do you think about the Watch OS standalone? Um, I think it's handy for some folks. I kind of gave up on Watch OS a while ago, but it makes sense for it to be a standalone thing. If you're going to have the watch have the cellular connection and be detached from the phone, then really be detached, and I'm glad that uh, that's available. It also sounds like maybe debugging will be a little bit easier now in Xcode because you don't have to attach the phone and then attach the watch. It can just be Xcode to the watch. So I think that'll be be handy for the watch things. All right. Thanks for your time, guys. Absolutely. Hey, I'm here with uh, Mark Straczynski and Mark Rubin. But anyway, Mark Straczynski, we'd like to hear what you, uh, what you what you thought about today in the keynote and uh, platform state of the union. Ah, uh, well, it was. St- I'm still processing a whole lot of it, but uh, the Swift UI thing, I didn't see it coming at all. You know, a lot of the rumors were centered around uh, iOS updates, Mac updates, and everything. But that Swift UI thing looks like a game changer right now. Um, as far as I can tell, our, our jobs are about to get a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because you say that because uh, Jaime was commenting on the Slack today that he's like blown away, like he's in tears. Like, we haven't figured out what that means yet, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just sitting through the the tools talk today and watching them build out like a, a UI with layout and then animation and and everything you would normally do with like. 200 lines of code in about five was pretty impressive. Yeah, I think they're building on stack views from what I can see, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Look, stack views and then the animation part is kind of what threw me too, is like, you know, in two lines they were able to do some core graphic stuff, clip an image, and then animate it, and then make it interactive at the same time too. Right, right yeah. I think, I think they've been building towards this with all the size class stuff, and mm-hmm. to me it seems like there's been a lot of boilerplate code in, in what we've been doing lately, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing that kind of took me back was, looks like they might just be walking away from Interface Builder completely. Except, oh, really? Well, I didn't see any sessions this year for scheduled for Oh, Interface that's right. Builder. I didn't notice that, yeah. And um, it looks like a lot of what they're doing is expecting you to just write your code on one pane, look at what it looks like in the other one, and um, that's your that's your product. Yeah, why would you do anything different if you can do everything with live live feedback, right? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about all the benefits you get by not having 500 merge conflicts on a storyboard. <laughs> anymore too. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I kind of wonder how it's going to work in, in like larger teams and stuff like that. Like how are they going to deal with all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm on a large team now and we deal with these conflicts on a day-to-day basis. So I would love to not do that anymore. But we've always tried to follow the guidance Apple gave and up until now the guidance is do storyboards, right? That's the way you should be building your UI. But looks like we might be walking away from that now. Yeah, well, we, we use storyboards quite a bit, too, and we, we just have a, a thing where we have a separate storyboard for each feature. We don't, yeah. we try not to step on each other's toes, you know? Yeah, we've gone hardcore oh, even further than that, where we have a storyboard view controller at this point. You know, we've walked away from segues and a lot of that kind of boilerplate, and we're down to coordinators and storyboards with single view controllers right now. But yeah, it's pretty much, I think, I, I like to say we, we use storyboards like nibs back in the day, right? Mm, yeah, that's pretty much what it's come down to at this point, yeah. For us, so what do you what do you think about the watch OS being a standalone, like now now having its own watch watch app store and all that stuff? I think it makes it a lot easier for people who want to do that kind of work. Like we don't do a ton of it where I am, but um, I love it. I, I think it's a great great change for them. Was there anything else like Swift Package Manager, anything like that, anything like that, or and Git GitHub integration? Yeah, I think that makes it easier for a lot of people who don't necessarily want all the way to Cocoa Pods because right. Like, right now that's what we do, and uh, I I would love to get that in, you know, and start move away from 
like that the heft of what Cocoa Pods does. It's a great product, but um, like rebuilding your pa- entire project manager, I mean project file every single time you you have to do an integration and um, that kind of stuff. And we have private pods where I am and public pods and managing all that and keeping it all together. Sounds like Swift package, package manager would be a lot easier. Yeah, we do the same thing in our. So, are you like an enterprise developer, or what? What, do you, what is it you do? What do you no, um, I work for Lowe's Home Improvement, and we have some internal libraries that we use, but we also have a bunch of, you know, we have some third-party vendors we have to pull in, and then we also have public repos that we. So, does Lowe's have like an iOS iPad app kind of thing, or? No, we're actually <laughs> we're actually just adding universal support right now, but. That might that plan might be changing depending on what I hear. Well, soon you'll be building Mac apps, right? Right. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, cool. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. So hey, I'm here with friend of the show Adam Armstrong at WWDC. So what did you think about today? Uh, it was exciting. I thought Swift UI was pretty cool. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, That's pretty common response from people. Yeah. Um, I really don't know what to think yet. You know, I I like the sign in with Apple ID too. Right. Yeah. It, that was that was pretty neat. Uh, I saw that. Um, they're forcing if you use any third party third party developer uh, integration that you have to use it. So that was kind of interesting. Oh but, really? Yeah, I saw that on the Apple guidelines. Oh, right. um, okay, I missed that piece. Yeah, that it said if you're supporting Facebook or Google, you'll be forced to use also oh, add, add it as, add a, as, it, as, as another option, option oh, okay. which is cool. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, surprised they went that far to force it, but interesting. Yeah, why not? Eh? Um, what did you think about the uh, the, the Marzipan pro- uh, project uh, catalyst? You know, I don't do desktop. I mean, it won't benefit me, but I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. Do you do yeah. iPad apps? Um, I do some iPads, um, but they're company-owned iPads, and I, there's no Mac users in no, our... I mean, I mean the iPad app. I do iPad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do some iPads for our uh, marketing reps that drive around, visit agents and stuff. Um, right. Okay. But there's, I'm the only Mac user in the entire company, so... <laughs> How many, do you only iOS? Develop? I do iOS and Android, yes. I'm the only oh, one. Really? I do both. And then I do support and I develop. So what kind of businesses? Uh, insurance brokerage. Oh. So I have one app for the consumers for ID cards, right? Uh, make a payment, file a claim, stuff like that. And then I do iPad apps for our brokers as they drive around and visit yeah. uh, right. their agents. So it does geofencing, it'll check you in, check you out, roll up information <laughs> based on that location right. stuff. Um, but nobody has a Mac. So I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to benefit from that. But it looks pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. for sure. How about you? Uh, what, what do I think? Or On the Mars pan, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of inter- I'm interested in it because I, I have most of my apps are I, iPad-based apps, so. Or, or at least they're universal. So, I mean, I started out on iPad. That's why I got into iOS in the first place. Uh, and I've always wanted to do Mac stuff. I've, I've looked at AppKit a little bit, but never really gone beyond that. And I have one app that is probably the only... It's my Pizza Money app, right? The only one that makes money. Um, and people are... People have been asking for a Mac version of that. So I've always sort of looked at how do I... It, it's for importing data into the app. So how do I parse the data, get it in there? We wrote some... Uh, ways of doing that, like uh, it's you store in- equipment information. So, like you could use a system profiler profile or an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. That's always sort of been a dream to do that. So, this might make that easier. I don't know because I, I, I'm not so sure that that data importing was sort of part of the the long term plan. You know. I don't know. <laughs> you got I don't nothing. Know. I, don't, I got nothing on that. I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. I got nothing too. Um, so what about wa- standalone watch apps? Is that something that interests you? Yeah, I thought that was really neat because like right now, 
I had some interest in it, but the fact that you can just now jump into SwiftUI and create an app, I thought was pretty interesting. But on the same note, I do some enterprise apps. So now I'm curious as to uh, can an MDM support that? Is that package up as an IPA file? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. They didn't say that because everything was about the App Store. So is it right, just like an organizer right. and you push the App Store? Or what happens for MDM? Yeah, that's a good question. And if it's not an IPA, then then MDM would, vendors would have to adjust to support a non-IPA file. So you're writing enterprise apps exclusively? Uh, no, I do both. Oh, okay. Enterprise so, and App Store. Right, right. Some so, things for our brokers are enterprise only, and then some things for our consumers are on the consumer store, obviously. Right, right. But I could see for our brokers having a watch standalone app but it would be enterprise, and we don't push it in the App Store. App- Apple wouldn't actually even let- allow us because it was yeah. for employees only. So, so what else was cool from today? Like, yeah. uh, Font support and iPad, <laughs> multiple windows. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, the multiple windows is pretty neat. Dark mode, of course, right? Who doesn't like dark mode? But... Yeah. Well, it wasn't as big a deal as we were sort of yeah. pretending on the, on the podcast, right? So. Well, I, and I, I'd like to see... It, is it true black? So will you have like the the black uh, smearing? I don't know. I yeah, really tell, well, yeah. Right? I think I think it's sort of yeah. Or is it all? I wonder like too, how do they decide what elements change what color? Like, <laughs> like you know, I, I didn't watch it fast enough, but they, you know, if they had black text on a white background and black text on a button. Is that flipped to white text? Yeah, they just kind of just kind of glazed over that. Yeah, yeah. And this, and you just clicked the button, and there wasn't a lot of scrolling, so I couldn't tell what they're smearing because you know I see that a lot, like on Twitter and stuff. Well, you would never see it on that kind of screen. No, anyway, exactly. Right? Yeah, OLED screens yeah. is where it shows up, right? Yeah, so it's interesting to see how black is their black. Right, right. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so I'm here with Drew Freeman of the Ray Runlick podcast and other things. So, what did you think about what we saw yesterday? I was absolutely blown away. The uh, the posters that they've been putting out with mind blown is on the spot. Oh, they, I see. Right. Yeah. They 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 truly hit me. I. I couldn't come up with a better word for things like Swiftly UI than gobsmacked because it truly made me not know what to think. So we've been sort of building towards this with all the you know the size classes and and you know dynamic type and things like that. Like and this sort of speaks to the whole sticking with Apple's game plan. Yeah, when Apple they- says we think this is a good thing for you to do in the future, it's pretty much going to be the marching orders on where to go. Um, I love SwiftUI. I think this is something that is outstanding, and the potential of it seems to be unbelievable. But as a developer, I'm always concerned when you're going to, say, take 300 lines of code away and only have 10, because that means that there's 290 lines of what you've personalized in that you're now getting the default. You're not getting your necessary version. So the question is, once I start customizing it and getting views the way I want them to be or getting things to match my type of table cell view, am I really going to be saving that much space and... How is that going to come out? Yeah, it seems more more. Uh, I've heard people saying this is going to be like the death of RX uh, reactive programming, right? Because that's kind of sort of what it is, right? It may be. I mean, reactive still has a great place on the server side, so this seems to be more for the actual app in hand on mobile. What do you think about Swift Package Manager with like sort of a CocoaPods kind of replacement? Well, I've been waiting to see if they get there for quite some time because Swift Package Manager seems to have a lot better management of the packages and having it really rolled as a native first client of Xcode is something that's been necessary for a while. I, I've wanted to play more and more with it, but unfortunately, since it wasn't rolled into Xcode, since it didn't handle iOS, 
it really seemed like a distant gift. So getting those three Swift gifts this year, having Swift Packet Manager, having the Swift ABI, which came in uh, Swift by, but also the Swift modules, it really seems like Swift is now at that mature point where I can count on it for all of my purposes as a language, not just some of the simple I- iOS programming. Right. And so do you think this is the death of Interface Builder per se? Like, we didn't see any sessions on Interface Builder. I don't think it's the death yet. I think it's the death call or the death watch. Um, you know, Apple doesn't naturally kill things quickly. They will deprecate, but there is so much legacy storyboarded code that that's, that, that sh- those ships aren't going to turn immediately. Though I wouldn't be surprised if in three to five years... You're going to need to be switching to this. So what do you think about some of the other stuff we saw, like the standalone watch app and the, the new app, the watch store, in fact? Yeah, I'm really thrilled about that because the app I'm working on has all those components. It's got the iOS and now iPadOS, but it's also got a watch component. But the watch component has been very reliant on being attached to the iOS application. So it'll be nice to see if I can get it to standalone, shrink down what it's doing even smaller so that it's more dynamic and can live on its own as its own product. Something else. Oh, so and was there anything else announced? Some sort of like hardware? Some little product, some some little monster of a product that uh, roughly the size of this building. (laughs) That thing is absolutely beautiful, and I can say as a professional podcaster, I sure as hell don't need it. It's it's so much power. I mean, I'm not even a professional gamer. But I'm certain that there are people out there who will be able to seize on that as a device that they can grow. And those old arguments of, well, you can't expand a Mac, they're dead. That's, that's, that's yeah. absolutely gone. I've seen that thing be expandable in ways I didn't know you could expand a I piece almost in. thought it was like an onion piece. Like, like it almost seemed comical. I was waiting for the Monty Python foot to drop or something. Yeah, it was it was just ridiculous, but... Like it goes to 11. Oh, wait, no, it goes to 13. Yeah, and then they kept saying you can, you can have a, a, a double chip, and then you can have two of the double chips, and it was absolutely remarkable, but I, I, it's, as much as I love the gadgets, as much as I love the Apple products, I, I stand back and go, I don't need one. There's no way I'm going to... If you force one on me, obviously I'll just have to fall on that sword and accept, but... All right. Well, thanks for your time. Oh, absolutely. Enjoy, My enjoy pleasure. The the show. Love the show. Hey, I'm here with Ray Fix from RayWonderlich.com and other things. And uh, so what do you think of uh, what we've seen so far at WWDC? Yeah, I'm really impressed with uh, all the stuff. It's, uh, it's a busy year for, for the Apple developers, I think. Uh, I thought we'd see a lot of this stuff eventually, yeah. but I didn't think it would be this year. Um, you, so, you thought that like, it would be completely like there's no minimal coding? You know, I I knew that module stability was going to bring with it some Swift-only libraries, but uh, Swift UI, uh, they've been, you know, developing it in parallel. And mm-hmm. we all knew in 2014 mm-hmm. that it was going to happen. Right. It was just a question of okay. when. Yeah. And uh, it turns out it's five years. That's yeah. how long it takes. Now, now is when it's happening. It's yeah. funny because I, I was here, last time I was here at WWC was, was for 2014 when they announced Swift. Right. And that kind of... You know, put the whole industry on its ear, right? Right. Yeah, I think uh, um, it's gonna it's gonna change the way people develop uh, apps. Maybe not, maybe not right away, but eventually. Um, Right, right. Well, I mean, even just the watch apps. I mean, I just went to the watch session and they showed. Um, they showed using uh, you know Swift UI for the interface, of course, right? You know, 
And that makes it perfectly straightforward. And it seems like that's, like now, and I mean, what do you think about independent watch apps? Like, that's something we wanted from the get-go with watches, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's big. They've done a lot with watch. Uh, and, yeah. What do, you, what do you think about Swift Package Manager? Uh, again, yeah, I, I knew that eventually we'd, we'd have some dependency right. management built into Xcode, but right. I'm glad that it's happened. So, Yeah, I think we've been, a, lot, a lot of people I know have been waiting for it for a long time, and now here it is, right? Yeah, yeah. so Package Manager, Swift UI, uh, Catalyst, Project Catalyst. Right, yeah, what do you think about that? That's the, uh, the marzipanification of... Yeah. Um, if you have an app and you want to get it over to the Mac fast, it seems like a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, it, if, if I were starting from a clean slate, I would be probably looking more towards Swift UI uh, to, to get the cross-platform support. But Yeah. You know, one thing that a lot of people have been talking about is dark mode on iOS, so like that's the holy grail for some reason. Yeah. But I mean, it's—I I don't know—it hasn't really been that impressive. I mean, other than we had all those sessions last year, right? For the Mac, yeah. I guess it's a similar kind of yeah. thing. I think what's nice is that actually with Swift UI, this you—if you just sort of follow conventions, you get all of that mostly for free with the you know a few design tweaks here and there for right, right. Cool. All right. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you. So, hey, I'm here with Megan Winter, and she's going to tell us all about Embrace.io. Awesome. Embrace.io, we're a tech startup out of Los Angeles. Right. Uh, we do mobile performance and monitoring. So for all those mobile devs out there who can't figure out what the heck happened in their crash, uh, we help you solve it um, faster, easier, all in one platform. So you have, like, a simple SDK to install? Super simple SDK. Um, don't be scared. <laughs> do, you use, uh, do you use, like, uh, CocoaPods or, you know? No? Okay. <laughs> I'm in marketing. Okay, all right. Oh, I think it stopped. Oh, no, it's still going. Do we use CocoaPods? CocoaPods? Yes, we do. And will you have? Will you support Swift Package Manager as well? Will you support the new Swift Package Manager as well? You will. Okay, perfect. Everything's on the roadmap. Okay, cool. So, so anything else you'd like to say about it before we go? Um, check us out. We're on embrace.io. Um, start a free trial. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Megan Winter. Um, happy to work with startups all the way to enterprise companies um, and help your teams, you know, get to sleep at night over crashes and anything, cool. anything all right. else. All right. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, yes. So, hey, guys, I'm here with Anthony Lawrence. Uh, uh, works on the uh, Nebo app at MyScript. So can you tell us a little bit about the app? Uh, yep, it's a note-taking app. With uh, You can take notes with your Apple Pencil. And uh, when you write, there is handwriting recognition. And uh, with a double tap, you can typeset all your writing and export from uh, for Word or, or uh, HTML or PDF. And uh, we recognize about uh, 60 languages, so uh, feel free to, to give it a try and uh, write in your own language. And this supports Apple Pencil and iPad, right? Yes, it's only for Apple Pencil and iPad. We also have a version on Android and uh, Windows for Surface. And then so, and, but you also you started off with doing math. Uh, yes, you can do math, and there is a little solver that can solve a... Uh, uh, Small equation, and you can uh, also draw uh, diagrams and typeset diagrams on maths and export to PowerPoint to, to have a good presentation. 
Okay, cool. And so, what do you what do you find exciting about WWDC besides Swift UI? Everybody says the same yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mode because uh, Nebo is uh, is blank page. So uh, some user complains about uh, please please uh, bring your dark mode. So I'm uh, really excited. Okay. So yeah, we're really excited by the um, the dark mode that is, that uh, seems easy to to add, and the iPad apps to the Mac to be uh, fully cross-platform. Oh, that's true. So would you, would you be doing like an e-book for Mac, maybe? Maybe we have to give it a try. It would be a nice feature for an e-book to, to be able to see uh, our notes on, on the Mac. On the well, great to meet you. We're big fans of your uh, Thank you. on the podcast. Thank you. Especially me, of course. Thank you, and I hope the next, the next uh, release of Nebo will be great. With, uh, All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. No worries. Okay. Yes. So, hey, I'm here with Ricky De La, De La Viaga. Perfect. Is that right? Wow. Close Got it first time, Jaime. How about that? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, what do you think is uh, exciting and new about uh, WWDC? Well, uh, like everyone, I'm excited about SwiftUI, but uh, they've had another... Uh, several good announcements besides just SwiftUI, and uh, I got to see uh, the live recording of the talk show last night, which was really great. Oh, yeah. who, with was Craig. The, who, was, who were the guests? Uh, it was Jaws and Craig Federighi. Jaws. Uh, Greg Jawsbiak. Oh, okay. I don't know who yeah. that is. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, that was really great. I saw a bunch of uh, wonderful people from the Apple community there. Uh, in attendance, including the guys from Castro and oh, yeah, cool. uh, One Password, oh, wow. uh, Ricky on the Safari team, so Alan Pike, shout out all you guys, uh, <laughs> big inspirations, just like Tim here, yeah. uh, and Jaime and everybody else on uh, More Than Just Code, Mark, Greg, imagine. Mark, yeah. Um, Greg's around here too. I don't know if you've seen him. He's, he's at the show. So. Oh, not yet. No, I'll have to. He's, not a, he's working for the, some fruit company. Yeah, so. yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah. What you say? Um, yeah. It, so uh, I think you know the Mac Pro announcement is interesting. I mean, I come from a post-production background, yeah, and so yeah, yeah uh, you know we have that in common. And I mean, I think. Uh, a lot of those people are using iMacs, right? Whether it's just a plain right. iMac yeah. or an iMac Pro, and so, you know, I think this. You know, Some of them are using mini beer kegs too, and they're they're not too pleased about that. You know, the, the old Mac Pro, right? Right. Yeah. And so I do. I still know people with the cheese grater Macs who are still right. holding on to Final well, now Cut they really Seven. Have a and, cheese grater Mac, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I do think that market exists. It's a really high end market. It's almost like a gesture to the pro community just to be like, hey, we're still thinking about you. And I mean, obviously they've got ties to Disney and Pixar, and so they're you know trying to appease those stakeholders who you know they. Uh, have a relationship with, but I mean, I think for a lot of people, this is just an insane amount of computer. And so, if right. you're you're asking yourself, do I need this? The answer is no. You don't need this. Yeah, well, this it's funny when I was when I was watching that part of the thing, I, I actually thought like they were like it was like an un- watching an onion episode because like it was, and you can add four because why not? You know, like four GPUs or whatever. Right. And they gave us the base price, but they didn't say what like the top configuration of that. No, computer. yeah, you have to go on on their store and figure that one out. But like like you know, even just buying like a stand for a thousand bucks. Right, know. exactly. Like, do I get a new MacBook or a stand? Yeah. <laughs> um, or an iPad, yeah, iPad Pro. Right, so, you know, I, I think that there's, 
Um, you know, I'm happy they're making a display again. I think it's important that they yeah. have one yeah. made by Apple. That's true. But well, I mean, that's what, that was on Mark's wish list for a few years. I don't know if you've been listening, but yeah, he's always wanted a bigger, bigger, better Apple display, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I mean, you know, if he's willing to pony up for it, he's got it right now. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you well, know, it is Apple after all, right? Right. Exactly. And so they are catering to that customer. You know, that I think probably is exclusively an Apple customer. I mean, so what are what are the sessions have you been to as far as software? In, you know, in, in the app and sorry at WWC go for the ones that I've attended so far uh, aside from the keynote and State of the Union which yeah. are both great uh, yeah. what's new in Xcode 11 what's new in Swift introducing Swift UI uh, I went to the micro.blog meetup shout out Manton and, um, and Gene McDonald yeah and Gene and uh, introducing iPad apps for Mac introducing SF symbols so that's a really cool announcement that I think is going to yeah. benefit a lot of developers yeah, I, well, I mean I didn't go to that one but because I, I kind of get the concept of it. It's kind of like a like the fonts that we use on, on web development. You mentioned Yeah, yeah. It's like font there. awesome for Mac. Yeah, font awesome. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Or for iOS. I yeah, hey, for yeah, yeah, all Apple platforms. So beyond that, is there anything more compelling about that? Styling icons and stuff? Or... Yeah, I mean, it, you know, so like they can came you make out. Your own custom icon. Like I work for a yes, bank, so can exactly. I take a bank's icon and... and they did address that in the session a little bit at the end about like how you would go about creating your own custom ones to fit in with the rest of them. And right. I do think that so you get a template essentially that you can export from the app that they made. Right. And so you download a special Mac app, you export the template, and then you know they picked the circle blank circle icon and then stuck a teacup in the circle in the oh, demo. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. And so you need three ways at least I think was the minimum right. and then uh, but there's even more there's like up to nine yeah, weights more light mode as well right yeah but that will or get taken care of oh, for okay, you right, I right. think right and so you're just doing a monochrome icon and then you know either setting tint color or using one of these new system colors that are part of Swift UI if you're doing that um yeah, and then went to Swift Playgrounds 3. Yeah, um, that one too. That was pretty good. Yeah, modules, exciting. Um, what's new in iOS and macOS design? That was a good session. Uh, it's 8.01 for those of you keeping Playing score. Home. Driving home. Driving home. Exactly. There we go. I got to say it. Um, so then, uh, yeah, uh, today I just sat through implementing dark mode on iOS and then the Swift UI Essentials one that we just got finished with. And then, uh, so I'm curious on the on the uh, introduction to Xcode 11 or what's new in Xcode 11. What right. did you? What was your takeaway? Your big takeaway there? Um, let's see. Get out my notes here. But I think uh, you know, in general, he's just pulling out his live, steel notebook. By the that's way, that's right. Yeah, those, I have a little for those uh, of like fans of Aaron and Aaron Bay. That's right. Um, oh, Aaron, we miss you, buddy. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, so... So you've been listening since the very beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Huge fan for a very long time. So uh, you guys are always bringing the well, we best do, news. We do it for you guys. You know, yes, you know, and great show money. notes. Whoever puts the show yeah, notes I do. together. Thank you very much. Tim. I listened to it three or four times and that show notes. Yeah, that's so amazing. They're always really complete and the links are good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think, again, not to harp on how great SwiftUI is, but... The live preview stuff is so just here, amazing. Here's a question. Maybe maybe you can sort of get a sense of this. So Mark has Mark has been not following along because he's he had other commitments, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been asking us, I mean myself on our Slack channel all all week about. So what about view controllers? Are they dead? Are they gone? Is interface builder gone? What do you think about that? 
No, I mean, I, I think in the talk we just saw about Swift UI Essentials, they were talking about how everything, it just, you know, it's wrapping, it's creating the viewer hierarchy. You just don't have to specify it. As, right. Like it does it for you, like the autopilot, right. if you will. Yeah, it's wrapping, and then you, but you can create custom wrappers. So, and I mean, I, you know, they're emphasizing how this can be adopted incrementally. And so, you know, even yeah. if you have an Objective C app, you could use one Swift UI view right, right, and right. insert it into your hierarchy. But, you know, it's not going to share the view hierarchy with um, those. So, you know, you have to figure out if it's right for you. So the split panes, focus button, they talked about and what's new for Xcode. Uh, the mini map is new. Yeah, that's kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, and then you can set a like mark a, to... Like this, um, there's a text editor that has that. Um, he's in an S. Sublime Text. Sublime Text. It has yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it stole another idea. <laughs> appropriated. Uh, yeah, so you can show an inline diff, show the change. Uh, there's code review button. Um, no, so all that has gotten shuffled around a little bit. Uh, Bitbucket, GitHub and, GitHub, and GitLab support. Oh, okay, cool. Very nice. Um and of course, so the package now, manager now yeah, so, fully and supported. Package manager working with GitHub that was kind of cool, I thought. Right, exactly. Uh, and so they did a demo with that. Uh, Patrick Killian came out to do that. Ken Orr was doing the main talk, and then Brendan uh, Donahue, I guess, uh, did some demo stuff as well. Um, yeah, the demo Git stash support in the source control um, design tools. Okay, well, this has been a great, yeah. great session here. If you're ever looking for a spot as a guest host someday, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> you have a yeah, good way of carrying yeah. on here. Whenever, what whenever you, you want to invite me. All right. Well, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Tim. No problem. Yeah. Hey, I'm here with Kendall Gendler. Um, from uh, is it a developer I've met from uh, Colorado area, Denver, I believe, right? Denver, right. That's yeah, right. so uh, what do you think of what's happened at uh, WWDC this year? Uh, I think it's a very exciting year for WWDC. I, I mean, it just was announcement after announcement that uh, just really personally excited me as a user of Apple products but and also as a developer. I, it's one of the more exciting WWDCs I can remember. Right. Um, honestly, I, I just I was just there were so many things that really I thought were great. Yeah. So, anything in particular? Like, like, have you have you looked at any of the videos? Uh, I, I have been following along with some of the videos. It's actually a little hard when you're attending to uh, really stay on top of all of the sessions that Apple does. I'm uh, busy here meeting people and other things. But yeah, I've I've been paying attention to sort of what's new in Swift and you know what's new in the tooling and and the various things that are changed in the platforms too. And the State of the Union is a good overview, but it's also been nice. I've been able to get into some details of some things too. So, so you're also at Alcove this for this. Time. So uh, yes. Anything, the, anything interesting coming out of that? Any good talks? Um, yes. There, there's always some good talks at AllConf, you know, just because the thing I like about independent conferences that are a little bit removed from Apple is you always get independent developers that are really down in some interesting area that have a lot of deep expertise of what practically works. So there was like a great talk today that I went to on keyboard shortcuts and iPad apps. And that's especially interesting um, as now iPad apps are kind of the gateway into the Mac world too, that you really want to get the keyboard shortcuts right because it'll be even better for the Mac users which would be more relevant to them even and uh, so that was really good and then um, yeah, and then there's a couple other uh, nice sessions. What else was there at AllConf? Basically, kind of st- stuff like that where just developers have nice stories about stuff they're working on and really deep 
dives into practical workings of things. So. Are you speaking at all Tom, this year? This year I'm not, no. I, I kind of am just I'm a bit lazy this year. I'm uh, just an attendee. I'm here with a company kind of doing company stuff, and so I, I'm with this company, NAMI ML, and we're just trying to to do or kind of meet with people this year and other things. So I'm a little bit too busy to unfortunately to help that much with all okay, for okay, speak okay. or anything. So. Right, so what do you think about SwiftUI and? Oh yeah, so SwiftUI is is really great. I think that is an interesting step. And one of the things, especially that I kind of like about how they've worked the tooling and the language. I mean, the language is kind of nice because it's so compact and interesting. But like one of the things I plan to do with it getting back home is maybe kind of maybe introduce that to some family members that have kids that. I've kind of thought about trying to introduce the programming in various ways, but I think just the way the tooling is that you can so easily switch between code and uh, dragging stuff into UI Builder and then instantly having it go out to a device or a watch. I think that's actually like maybe a great way to get kids into it because it's just so instant and interactive that you're putting some stuff together. Right, cool. All right, well, thanks for your time. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, it was great. Perfect. I think there we are. So, hey, I'm here with Joe Chaplinski of the Re- a Release Note Podcast, and he's at AllConf, I guess, this week? Yeah, yeah. I've been around AllConf and just hanging around, uh, watching some sessions, and just being in town as usual. Sure. So, can you tell us what your impressions are, what you've seen of uh, what Apple's been releasing? Or I'm really impressed with a lot of stuff, even things that didn't get mentioned in the keynote. Uh, they actually added a lot of cool stuff, like parameters and shortcuts that I was right. really hoping for. It's going to be a big deal for me and some of my apps. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's, a, it's obviously an exciting year. It's palpable. You can, you can feel it in the air. There's a lot of people who are uh, super impressed with, with right. what was released. Obviously, uh, Swift UI is just going to be a complete yeah. change. Uh, but I, I haven't had time to dig into that yet, so I don't even know what to think of it. But uh, it's going to be a big change. So what do you think about this big beast that everybody keeps talking about, this new Mac Pro? I, I, here's my, my lead into this. is As they were going through the announcement of all the features, I thought this was a bit by the onion. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I, I had exactly, uh, I actually said it, I was uh, hanging out with some friends who were watching a keynote, and I said, this looks like an SNL sketch. Right. <laughs> it really does. When they, when they put up like 16,000 or 16 million to one contrast ratio, I'm like, come on. <laughs> it, yeah, it really looked like they took whatever anyone could possibly want and then multiplied it by three right. and, and said, let's yeah. put, it, put that in a box and let's see so what happens. One more and yeah. we can, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's not a machine that I will ever need, uh, but I'm glad, like, I have a lot of friends who are video pros. Right, right. Uh, who very very much when that when that trash can Mac came out, they were complaining left and right, and I was yeah. I was trying to defend Apple, saying this is no, it's a really great machine, and they were telling me exactly why I was wrong, and now I get it, and Apple obviously gets it, and that machine is obviously built for that kind of video high end production, and I think it's going to be a, a, a big hit with them. I mean, it's a small you know niche of, of people, but I yeah. think they're going to love it. Well, same thing. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are photographers, for, you know, do food photography or whatever, mm-hmm. and they they're still using the old cheese grater. Like, Mac Pros, right? Like, which now we have a real cheese grater. Right? <laughs> they really leaned into the cheese grater. Yeah, there was a lot of it. It's almost like they're trolling us. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty funny. But I love the design. It's it's wacky. It's out there. It's really bold. Uh, and the, the fact that they put wheels on it is even better. I wanted yeah, I wanted it to have a handle like you could like carry around the airport. It's almost <laughs> like, like an IKEA commercial yeah. when they rolled up the wheels. Right? <laughs> it really was. Yeah. But it, the one thing that's on everyone's mind is how much are those wheels going to cost? <laughs> oh, they haven't released that part. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, they're going to be pretty pretty pricey. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, like. The, the stand is kind of comical too. I mean, it sounds like they're repurposing that that hinge they had on the Mac, the iMac G4. Yeah, yeah, it was very similar to that hinge, and then uh, and then they added the idea of being able to go portrait with it right, too. Right. So they really, yeah, yeah something we in desktop publishing we wanted forever. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, those portrait monitors. I remember back in the day, you would you 
would actually be able to buy like, yeah. ViewSonic and those companies used to make portrait monitors. Yeah, and Radius made one. Yeah, Radius. That's what it was. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. So if you're a long page layout, that's actually really cool. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be an interesting machine out there. Like I said, I have no need for it. I'm not going to be buying it. But uh, for the people who do, I'm glad it exists. So I'd have to be lying if I said I didn't listen to release notes. And I know you're a huge... App Store for the watch fan. Yes. What do you think about the watch going? I'm excited about watch. I mean, obvious. it's an obvious move. Make the watch more independent as we go. I wouldn't be surprised in two or three years you don't even need to own a phone anymore. Right. Uh, that seems to be the direction they're going. I don't know what the implications are for my own apps. Uh, I want to go independent, obviously, but I want to look into it and see. Obviously, if you still have a phone app, you're going to want to communicate somehow with it. And, well, yeah, what happens when it's with the phone versus when it's not? It's going to be a little more complicated. But I think actually that uh, for watch OS development, I think this is a good place where I can get my feet wet with Swift's uh, UI as well, because that's an easy environment. Like you know, it's it's kind of a little bit of UI, uh, and it's a good place to kind of learn that new paradigm. Well, it's funny you bring up which Swift UI because I mean, a lot of people are really excited about it. But like, I think you and I come from the same background where we're artists and you know mm-hmm. working in Photoshop and Illustrator, where all the tools yes. are there, and you don't think about you know what a you know, UI label is and, and what the properties are on it. We just go in, we choose, we set some type, right. choose Helvetica, make it bold, whatever. You know, right. Color it red. Yeah, I mean, I look at Swift UI as something as a, you know, if a designer, and this is, as, again, as myself, I went in and eventually learned how to code uh, because I was so curious about it. And I really feel like this is an area where a lot of designers can you know, drag and drop into this interface and see immediately what the code is that's that's being written to make that happen. And if you ever wanted to learn Swift as a designer, I think this is a great time to start playing with that. Well, it is a very similar paradigm to like like web de- web design. Yes, I mean with the whole properties thing that we have seen in style sheets, right? Yes, yeah, the whole declarative idea, and and I think that's the way to go, honestly, for UI. I mean, there's been an age-old debate about storyboards or not storyboards, right? Half the developers you talk to love storyboards, the other half hate them. Right. Uh, now we just don't have to have them anymore, you know, like eventually. I'm sure there's still some things we're going to need to use custom views, we'll have to build, you know, with nibs or whatever, but for the areas like building a simple collection view or building a layout like that, I really think this is going to be a great way to do that. Anything else? Yeah, anything else that sticks out in my mind? Uh, Whoa. Yeah, uh, just uh, like I said earlier a little bit, the Siri shortcut stuff is going to be great. Uh, They added parameters. It's going to be a big deal. Uh, And the, the automated shortcuts and the fact that the shortcuts is now a, a built-in app that comes with your phone is going to help to hopefully right. encourage people to start experimenting with it so more. instead of like home kit where i come i arrive at home and i have i push a button to have this action happen and all these things yeah. the shortcuts will just automatically fire right yeah it'll automatically suggest that to you and then once you set it up it'll yeah it'll just work out like the, the, the example that someone gave was like a, when i wake up in the morning and my alarm goes off i if, when i hit that alarm check to see if i'm in if i'm in my home right, right? Yeah. and if you see me in home then turn the lights on or start the coffee machine or whatever it is uh, you know you could have things reacting to different things that you do and, and it's going to figure that out for you you don't have to go through and make this complicated like Vitici style setup where you're really working your, your butt off to get that That's to work kind of the holy grail my wife's always wanted to have the, the, the cottage warm up before we get there kind of thing you know? exactly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and I think that's really neat I think uh, where Siri is going is, is very exciting um, again it seems like it takes them a long time to get there but eventually I think that's going to be a very exciting area I was uh, talking to one of the engineers earlier today on Siri and one of the things I told us, I envision a future where like a whole class of apps are apps that we never launch. They they, they only interact via Siri. Uh, that you know their their entire interfaces are working in the background and through those systems. Uh, I think it's going to be a whole new way to really 
uh, do things with your phone and watch in other areas. I was excited that some of that stuff's going to be on the HomePod, too, which is great. Cool. So I know you're at you're here at AltConf, so what's, what's happening at AltConf? What's good talks? And- AltConf is uh, always amazing. Uh, the, the content that they can come up with is, is really incredible. Uh, we did a panel on Tuesday about subscription pricing, which is close to my heart, yeah. uh, and they asked me to, to, uh, to host that, which was really cool. We had some really great developers there talking about um, you know, their transitions and their yeah, the ups and downs of, of trying to succeed in business, and um, it was great. It was a really good crowd showing up at 9 o'clock on a Tuesday for a talk like that. It was very fun. Uh, and then uh, Dave Ferrer did a really cool workshop I saw yesterday uh, where he was critiquing people's websites. He was nice about it, okay. <laughs> but but he was showing people, like, here's, here's some tips on how you can make your marketing website better. Okay, yeah. And a good number of people, it was a good discussion, you know. So those kinds of things are really cool, and, uh, you know, there's obviously technical stuff being uh talked about as well but it's yeah it's it's always frankly amazing that that free show exists that it's sitting right next to the dub dub and it's a it's a great option for people yeah, it started as sort of a you know f you against the whole lottery thing right yeah i mean to some extent but uh, yeah it was, it was an acknowledgement that we all can't get into this thing yeah, exactly yeah. and so why don't we why don't we produce some content on the side and and it, yeah you're right it's i was there that first year and it was really small uh and then they just build it over time and then they had their years where they were fighting with apple apple didn't really want them to be doing certain things yeah, and then wanted to show the keynote for right, this, right. That yeah was the first year, I think, right? yeah it was the first like official year when it was called all comp uh and then yeah then eventually now they're like side by side right next door and you can uh, you can see apple actually supports them really well and it's it's great to see that are you talking this year or? uh no i didn't have a, a talk i just did the, the panel but uh yeah i didn't have a, a, a talk prepared for that one so what about release notes your uh, your uh your conference. My conference is in October. Uh, it's going to be at Playa Mujeres in Mexico this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a little different this year because we're going to a foreign country for the first time for us. Uh, and on a beach resort where, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, who's going to want to go to the talks? I'm like, well, they will. They will. Uh, we, we're going to schedule plenty of time for people to have a good time as well and bring their families and everything else. It's a very family-friendly resort. Uh, and I think it's going to be a great show. We've got a good speaker lineup as always. The... Uh, Planning for it has gone very smoothly. It's been it's been great working with the venue there, and we're very happy. Are you sold out? Or? We're not quite sold out. We've got a handful of tickets left, uh, but we're at the point where we're happy. If we don't sell one more ticket, we're still not, we're not going to lose money, so we're okay. So, but if people are listening to this show wanted to, to know how to get a ticket, how would that absolutely, yeah. You just go to 2019.releasenotes.tv, uh, and right there at the top of the page, you can uh, you can order tickets. You can read all about the show. Anything you know you want to know about the speakers and all that is all there in the information. Okay, right. okay, thanks, Joe. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Always good. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode. Once again, my name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. is how to get a hold of me. Until next week, we'll say bye-bye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at Patreon.com slash MTJC. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at MTJC.FM slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.